Happy Memorial Day weekend. What comes to your mind when you think of Memorial Day? Do you, how many of you know someone who died serving our country? Okay, well, that's quite a few. And then uh, what comes to your mind? Do you, do you think of them? Do you think of the freedoms that we have available to us? Freedom to worship? Freedom to pray out loud? Freedom to share the gospel? Do you think about the foundations our country was founded on? Do you think about the, uh, the beginning of summer and a time to spend time with family? Maybe, maybe all of the above in some manner or effect. Well, it can be a weekend, it can be a time of gratitude when you think about all of those things, things that we have afforded to us. I'm uh, grateful for the freedom, for those that have served our country, for our spiritual foundations, times together. It can be a reflective time. If you go to a cemetery... My mom and I went to Fort Snelling, put flags and flowers on my stepdad's gravesite. And it was a reflective time, not a terribly solemn time, just a remembering, thankful. Uh, it could be a solemn time. If you think about Uvalde, Texas, a town that we had never heard of before. Now it's burned into our minds. Because of the act of one person, we will remember that name forever. Could be a painful time. When you think about our cultural divide, think of the, the freedom that is under attack from the inside. The real rule of law just being disregarded, freedom of speech being suppressed. Biblical values, foundations, the institutions that our country has been built on, all under attack. You know what, what this, all of these point out for us and to us is that freedom is not just a physical battle. It is a spiritual battle. It is a battle of the minds and the hearts of every one of us. It's not just a battle for life, it's a battle for souls. And it has eternal consequences. So when Jesus was asked about the end times, he gave an answer that describes the situation that we're currently in. Matthew 24, he said, And because lawlessness will be increased the love of many will grow cold. Is that not the truth? We're living it and seeing it to lived out. Then he added this statement <clears throat> that we need to hear. The one who endures to the end will be saved. So what does that mean? How do you do that? How do you endure to the end? What is it? How do we live? What do we, what do, we do I think the scripture that we're looking at today will give some answers to that. It, in fact, the scripture we're looking at today is going to give us some insight into Memorial Day and also into the end times. In fact, before we look at this text, consider for yourself, just in your mind, think about 
what is the purpose of, of Memorial or Memorial Day or Memorial Day weekend? What is it that we are memorializing? Is it people? Is it an action? It is, is, it a, is it a country or is it a, you know, what, what is it exactly? Or maybe you think of it in terms of the end times. What is it that we, why is it that we think about the end times? What is the purpose of that? And my guess is that the purpose is the same for both. That what we do matters for eternity. What we do now matters for eternity. Those who have died are, are now facing eternity. There's a basic, simple fact. The freedoms that were won or purchased on their behalf are, giving, are having an effect for us today. They have given us the freedom to worship. They've given us the freedom to proclaim the gospel literally around the world. Those are a gift. It is not just a spiritual battle. All right. We continue in this spiritual battle in our hearts and in the world that will make a difference for eternity. And what we do, how we live, will have an effect not only on the future, but in our, not only in our lives, but those who are watching, those who be following after us. Well, let's look at this text. It comes from 1 Peter 4. At verse, beginning of verse 7, 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is near. How's that good encouragement for you? A little boost. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We do pray that you would apply it to our lives. Help us to understand how do we live this out in our lives? How do we honor you? How do we glorify you? In Jesus' name, amen. So here's a a scripture text written 2,000 years ago almost 2,000 years, and it says, the end of all things is near. Well, that's kind of a strange time frame if you're thinking of it in that way. But it's more than just uh, some moment that is being described, because consider Peter and his situation, his context. He has just witnessed the coming of the Messiah in his lifetime. Jesus dies and rises again from the dead. The Holy Spirit is poured out on the church and the, the, at Pentecost, and then the word is being spread. The church is born. 
And then persecution starts. And everything that they believe, this new faith that they're holding on to, they believe in is being threatened and attacked. So truly, the end of all things that they knew was near. Memorial Day is a day to remember that the end of all things as we know it is near. It's not only uh, something as far as looking back on, but think about your own life. We don't know what the next day or hour, we don't know our time frame. I was talking to somebody between the services there who had, had just lost uh, one of their family members this last week. A younger person uh, died of a, uh, a hemorrhage in their brain. We don't know what our days, and or we don't know the, the end times. When is Jesus coming back? When is he returning? So if all of that is true, then let's live with the reality that what we do now has an effect. It matters for eternity. So let's look at these verses. Verse 7. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. What you think matters. What controls your minds and thoughts? What fills your minds and thoughts? I don't really want to know everything that fills your minds. You don't want to know what thing fills my mind, distracted hamster <laughs> running on a wheel. But last week we had Vince Miller here. He was talking about this. He's talking about the influences that our thoughts have on our lives, who we perceive ourselves to be, whether we see yourself as good enough or you see yourself as a failure. All of that affects how we live. What we think in our minds affects who we are and affects how we act. So we are very aware of our muscles. We choose to exercise or not. We choose to help people or not. We make decisions about what we do every day, every morning. Are we going to get up or are we going to stay in bed? In the same way, we need to control our thoughts. What enters our minds, what enters our ears, what we listen to, what we give our heart to, what we believe, what we fear, what we trust, what we reject. 2 Corinthians 10 describes this battle. It says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. The thought comes into your mind, I'm going to reject that. It is against the Lord. It says, I'm going to take, take every cat thought captive to obey Christ. What we think matters. What does it mean to be sober and alert so that we can pray? It means that every thought that comes into our mind is under submission to Jesus. 
He gets to decide what is true, what is false. He decides what goes in, what temptations stay out. He decides who you are, what's your character, what's your attitude, what do you value. Sober and alert. What we think matters. Also, verse 8, above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. What you love matters. Kind of seems obvious. You come to church, you're going to talk about love. Okay. If that's true, why is it so difficult to do? Why is it so difficult for us to practice that? Why are there people that are hurting? Lonely. Empty. We become professionals at loving people that love us. This verse isn't talking about those people. It's talking about sinners. Love covers a multitude of sins. This is describing your responsibility and their responsibility for you to love sinners. There's no small challenge in that. It's easy to love people that are loving and pleasant and kind. It's a different thing to love those that are irritable and disrespectful or have different values that we do. And then, not only that, it says to love them deeply. Not just the surface, you know, relieve my conscience type of love. This is to get messy, involved in their lives. To love them sincerely, unconditionally. It's not very easy to do that. We don't even especially enjoy loving people that don't approve of us or don't like us or not like us. It doesn't matter. The end of all things is near. It's important how we love, what we love, who we love, how we love. They need to know, hear, and see Jesus lived out with skin on. If this world was all that there is, then it wouldn't matter. You can love yourself and you just don't care about anybody else. But it's not. There's more than life here. Love each other deeply. It matters. Verse 9 and 10. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. There's a sm no small challenge. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in all of its various forms. What you do, how you serve, matters. Hospitality is one of those ways, how we put our love into practice. It's an act that says, you are important, you're valuable, I appreciate you. And Jesus, speaking on that whole theme of hospitality, says, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. 
Hospitality, one of those spiritual gifts that we studied this past fall. Putting that into practice. But serving is another one, and that's described in the same context, all about what we do, how we live. Serving people means coming alongside of them, helping them do better, or whatever their need is. It, it takes away this competition or the conflict because you are on their side. You are wanting them to succeed. Quite a contrast to our world that pushes us mentally and physically to achieve more than compare yourself to all of that. Instead, building cooperation, friendship. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others more significant than yourself. Let each of you not look to his own interests, but to the interests of others. What you do matters. Serving others, showing hospitality, living for them, they see Jesus through all of those actions. But beyond that, consider the benefit to yourself when you are putting somebody else first. How does God work in your heart? How does he shape and mold you? Is it not putting you into situations where you are growing and stretched? Think about uh, a spoiled brat. Do any of you know a spoiled brat? Don't, you don't need to raise your hand. It might be nearby. It might be family members. So you don't raise questions there. It's not difficult to raise someone that is spoiled because all you do is just give them whatever they want. If they cry, whine, okay, sure, you can have that. Or, how do you create a self-centered person? Put them up on stage, make the most of them. They are the most important thing in your life, in everybody's life. Everybody look at them. We could think of that in so many different ways. Sports, beauty pageants, it, it goes on. Where we put somebody up on this pedestal and we create self-centered people. As opposed to someone that is caring. How do you create that? I have a friend of mine who has a special needs child. And it was a lack of oxygen and all that as a young child. His brothers have been affected by having that person in their life. They are all caring beyond. And so one of them just adopted a, another special needs child. They can do that because they've already been doing it for all of their life. Or gratitude. How do you create somebody who's grateful? I see that, witness that when I travel. You go to Africa, they are so grateful for any small thing. Teaching the Word of God is like gold. For us, 
It's a common commodity. It's an easy resource. What we do matters. Verse 11. If anyone speaks, they should do so as the one who speaks the very words of God. What you say matters. We've got a bunch of grandchildren. Some of them are learning how to speak. It's kind of cute. Mom, dad. And then it becomes more demanding. Milk or more. Uh, It's cute until they start repeating what the parents say. Just hypothetically speaking, it's a little embarrassing if if you're a pastor and your kids say things out in public. Do you remember hurtful words that someone has said to you? I know you do. Have you said something that has hurt other people? You have. What you say matters. Sticks in your mind for years. From You can remember back at a young age, I know you can remember people that said something when you were very young and is still, you could almost repeat the tone of voice that you heard it with. It's how deep it gets into our minds and our hearts. I'm sure that you have been hurt by someone, by what they have said, and I'm confident that you have also hurt someone else. This scripture, no small challenge, says to speak the very words of God, the very oracles of God. That's your responsibility. That's your call, your statement. So what are those words? Well, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they do. What else did he say? As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. It's likely that you need to ask someone for forgiveness from things that you've done or said. It's likely that you need to forgive someone who doesn't even realize what they did. Maybe there's someone that you need to love deeply. Maybe somebody that you need to serve. And it's not too late. You're still on this side of eternity. You know, if Memorial Day is about something, remembering... Remembering those who've died, remembering what they purchased. Then we must stop and remember the one who did all of that on your behalf. Because freedom is not just a physical thing, it is a spiritual thing. And you cannot have freedom apart from the freedom that Jesus purchased for you. He is the one that defined all of eternity. What he did defines eternity. 
Verse 11 says, To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. We are in a battle of freedom for our country. And it's in the hearts and the minds of all of us. What we do matters. How you live matters. For yourself, for those who follow you, for those who hear about Jesus, if they can hear about Him. Alden, Minnesota, small town by Albert Lee. Small town, it was about 25 in the classroom. And there was a boy that was picked on. He was bullied. He was put down, he was laughed at, he was teased. His name was Dennis Whitney. He was big, he was awkward, he preferred books to sports. He was considered a bit strange, both at home as well as at school. There was another boy at the same school in the same class. He was also picked on, put down, laughed at, teased. But the difference was one. At home, he, he was built up. He was told that he was valuable. He was loved. He was told that God had a plan for his life. And that was me. After eighth grade, I moved away from Alden, Minnesota. And Dennis stayed. There were two of us who were picked on in that class, and now there was one. And he couldn't take it anymore. So he ended his life. So the people couldn't bully him, laugh at him, put him down, or tease him again. That changed my life. I vowed to devote my life to telling everybody They are loved. They are valuable. And God has a wonderful plan for their life. And that's you. That is who God says you are. Because of what He did. When it says, be alert and self-controlled so you can pray, He is the one that is praying for you, interceding on your behalf. When it describes love that covers over a multitude of sins, He is the one whose love covered over all of your sins. When it describes someone who came to serve, He is the one that came to serve you. When it describes speaking the very words of God, He is the very Word of God. He is every promise that you have heard. And His desire for you is that you would know how important you are to Him, how much He longs to be with you, 
for eternity. What you do matters, but what he did defined everything about eternity. I don't know where you are today, but today is still a day where you can say yes to Jesus. It's a day where you can say, I need you, Lord, all of the things that you've done for me, and I want to overflow into other people's lives that which you have said about me, that's what you have done for me. And if that's your heart, your need today is to say yes to Jesus, this is an opportunity, this is a time Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we, we stop and we pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for praying on our behalf. Just so many times we don't even know what we're doing, what we're thinking. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us, for covering over our multitude of sins by dying on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to serve us. Thank you for giving us your word, your promises. Thank you for giving us the very word of God. Lord, I'm sure there are people here either online or in person that need to say yes to you. Thank you for your invitation that whoever desires you is welcome. Welcome into your arms. In your name we pray. Amen.